0: Hi,
1: Rachel. Hey, Brian. So,
0: how was your week?
1: I'm melting. (laughs) It's been so hot. It's 97 degrees today and it feels like 103. There's an air air quality alert. Disgusting.
0: Uh I did actually, I can't say because i didn't leave the house
1: yeah well i mean when i came in you asked me if i wanted a (laughs) towel i walked eight blocks from my office and
0: you declined but then i secretly ducked in and like spritzed febreze around
1: thanks (laughs) well you know it's one of those days in new york where you could like smell everything it's disgusting okay
0: those of you who don't live in new york which is a majority of listeners this is the kind of day don't move here we're gonna take the temperature down we're gonna be cool this is this weekend. nope
1: the podcast where we shut it down to the eye to the no, no, no my name is no my sign
0: is no my is no uh, you need to let it go uh, you need to let it go uh, need to let it go okay rachel uh we start the podcast with elephants in the room and we kind of have sad elephants
1: very sad this elephants this week
0: because there were a pair of deaths of icons we all worshipped all of them uh, both of them and uh, very sad situations but also a little bit peculiar
1: very peculiar <laughs> these deaths have brought out strange behaviors in many people right
0: and just to get it out there the two deaths that are impacting us all are senator john mccain republican of arizona and the queen of soul aretha franklin
1: yes so I'll start. I'll talk about John McCain, who, of course, is a patriot and American hero, didn't always agree with everything he said, but can support him and, and think he's a always civil. Um, so I'm not even going to address Donald Trump's decision not to fly the flag at half mast for a full week.
0: It's too low a fruit. It's, it's just he's <laughs> like an idiot. Fish in a barrel. It was totally Give expected.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised he didn't like take a shit on the flag. <laughs> he and, did like, exactly what we would expect to, yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway. But there I'm were gonna, other
0: things. That there were so many this. other
1: things. People were just losing their minds. It brought out
0: the worst behavior in everybody. Yes.
1: So I'm going to first talk about Arizona GOP senate candidate Kelly Ward. Okay,
0: and this is not replacing uh John McCain. This is the person Jeff Flake, right? right. This is the other senator who's retiring and there's a primary to figure out who's going to run in his place.
1: Yes, and she lost the primary <laughs> okay. by double digits yesterday. And she was the Trump
0: candidate, right? Yes. Okay.
1: And um she so she saw the statement that was issued on Friday by John McCain's family saying that he's ending his treatment. And she made it about herself. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because why not? She wrote, um, in response to a comment on Facebook from one of her idiot campaign staffers <laughs> that she thinks that McCain's family. W- Quote wanted to have a particular narrative that they hope is negative to me with their timing of their announcement. So
0: John McCain timed his death. (laughs) This American hero who had been been fighting brain cancer for a few years now timed his death to torpedo the campaign of this nobody.
1: Yes, well, he died a few hours later after that post. (laughs) So so, so he really, (laughs) he really killed her campaign. Despicable. But it didn't end there. Okay. So she deletes the comment and then you know the last ref of scoundrels she blames the media oh, for of course ter- the msm the mainstream, the mainstream media. media the left the establishment for making a story out of nothing and then on monday she tweeted quote political correctness is like a cancer which is just so oh just God, disgusting given the context so kelly drink poison we no. hope to never hear from you again
0: just dig a hole and and well, no, I'm not bury, yourself. bury yourself <laughs> an equally bad days but no She's not the only one who had like a bizarre reaction to this whole thing. So yep. Mitch McConnell, our Senate majority leader,
1: 200 year old uh, turtle, t-
0: <laughs> cocaine turtle. <right? laughs> um, so uh, Chuck Schumer, I think, originally proposed that the uh, Senate office building, which is called the the Russell, the Russell office building named after a senator from the 50s who was a segregationist be renamed together with Jeff Flake, a Republican from Arizona, somewhat appropriate, be renamed the McCain. Senate office building. And what did what did Mitch McConnell say to this?
1: So Mitch McConnell, he who enjoys jamming through legislation and Supreme Court confirmations <laughs> without any proper procedures, has decided now that this is the time to hold back and stand on ceremony. <laughs> Let's just wait. Let's, Let's just
0: wait and have a proper process. Never mind the Kavanaugh nomination no. or anything like that. Let's just wait before we take the dramatic move of, of renaming, of, of renaming a building, building after from a, a segregationist a <laughs> to, towards an American hero. Right. So Mitch McConnell, you you're not telling us anything we don't know, but he's not the only senator. It's also Lindsey Graham, who is... Lindsey
1: Graham is so strange. I'm so confused by Lindsey Graham. Yeah. So
0: he started off, he ran for president. He was one of the number one Trump critics. And he's also McCain's quote unquote, best friend. Now they were allies in the Senate on a lot of things and more power to him, but he keeps going around. This is a weird guy. And he's like, John McCain was my best That's friend. That's like
1: a weird term for my one senator, senator, right? He's like another twelve-year-old like, girl to describe another senator. Exactly. It's yeah, he's not a twelve-year-old girl. <laughs> even a twelve-year-old girl, I feel like it's just not appropriate That's anymore. Right. And,
0: and Lindsey Graham basically flipped from being a huge Trump opponent to being a huge Trump supporter and making all kinds of excuses. And he was asked, like, if John McCain dedicated the latter years of his of his life to opposing all the terrible things that Trump does. Why are you in support of him? And he goes, Well, he is my best friend. And that's no excuse for anything. Like, if he's your best friend, why don't you honor him by carrying on his legacy? Get a
1: backbone and support (laughs) him. Now, Rachel, you
0: have a theory as to why, a very controversial and potentially not (laughs) safe for work theory as to why Lindsey Graham flipped.
1: Yeah, well, so there's like a line of demarcation, like before he played golf with Trump in December 2017 and after. So they went, played golf, and Lindsey Graham tweeted Trump International Golf Club is a spectacular golf course. Great day of fun playing with at POTUS at real Donald Trump. Okay, that's ridiculous okay, cause like then,
0: Westchester is a great golf course also. But
1: it, that's, first of all, it's such an undignified thing for any senator to say. And if that was, that statement was made in right, any so other era. Right, so he's tossing
0: era, out his entire, you know, political principles in favor of a great golf course.
1: Like pr- a promotional tweet about a business that like shouldn't even be promoted. Uh, it's disgusting. Anyway. So after that, he started really supporting Donald Trump and like pulled back on the negativity. Okay, now
0: one theory is that they have something on him, that the well, that the Russians have some sort of compromise on him um, on one of his trips to Moscow, and that therefore he is pulling back on his uh, criticism of Trump. But you have another, potentially yeah, more controversial yeah, theory. Yeah,
1: I think that, like, so they're playing golf at the Trump <laughs> International, and Trump, like, cozies up to Lindsey Graham and whispers in his ear, I know your grinder handle. <laughs>
0: That's the five That's... words that changed the course of American history. It would I know your grinder handle. Do you have any basis for this potentially slanderous <laughs> allegation? No. I mean, not that being on grinder is slanderous in and of itself.
1: Brian, we are not a news podcast. This is about <laughs> As I feelings. Often remind you. <laughs> this is about feelings. We're and speculative.
0: Interpret- We say irresponsible things that are poorly researched. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I just feel like something happened on that golf course. And that was likely it. Okay. I mean, it, it would explain why, like, just today he went on CNN and is talking about how, like, Trump's relationship with Jeff Sessions is beyond repair and it's that he his should
0: best friend.
1: And like, what would John McCain say about that? He's
0: disgusting. No, it's, he's disgusting. It, it, he I hasn't... used to think he was like one of the reasonable ones. He's disgusting. The body's
1: not even cold yet. And he's like just destroying <laughs> okay. democracy. So no, of
0: course, yep, to John McCain. But nope to all these fucking weirdos who are having like their their their. Spinning Infidels. <laughs> okay. Now we have to talk about the other very tragic loss, Aretha Franklin. Oh, She's yeah. the queen of soul, a goddess, right? I yeah. mean, who among us has not been moved by all the performances going all the way back to respect and I feel like a natural woman to that Carol King video and the Obama video? I mean, who could ever find flaw with Aretha Franklin? We
1: are blessed to have and had I her I in do, our I lives. I find
0: zero fault with uh, Aretha Franklin. However, I do find some fault <laughs> with the people who planned. And her funeral. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Which
0: I cannot believe is consistent with her wishes. So um, here's the good part it's very noble. So uh, it's in Detroit. Uh, it's uh, Her showing is in the African American History Museum, and she's being uh, shown in a glossy 24 car- uh, carat gold plated casket. She was brought in, in a white 1940 LaSalle hearse that once carried Rosa Parks okay. and her father. So, I mean, that's like. That's- Good. Sort of diva, diva. Yeah. And she's in a long sequin dress and she's in bright red la boutons okay. uh, on her feet. So very glamorous. I mean, I, I begrudge her nothing. Um, however, like from there, the treatment gets a little bit weird. So there's a picture, it was actually on the cover of the New York Post, it was everywhere. And it's like an overhead shot of. Of her casket, or her open casket, like and from
1: behind, from almost. Behind,
0: yeah, it's like the top of her head, and she's got her ankles crossed, and the labutons are falling off her feet. It's disgraceful. It's, it's so disrespectful to her. Now, that's not even the worst thing. So, um, they interviewed the uh, funeral director, the person who runs a funeral home, and his name is O'Neill Swanson II. <laughs> there and who was the, by first? the Second? It's also known as Junior. Okay, <laughs> O'Neill Swanson Junior and he reveals that not only is this her glamorous uh, outfit that she's going to wear she's going to have over the course of the next few days three costume changes like Cher or I'm Countess kidding. Luann she okay so um he describes what they were she has this today on Thursday she'll be in a gold dress for church and Friday she'll be wearing a gown
1: I have a lot of questions. (laughs) Why is this necessary? Who is doing the changes? And did she want any of this?
0: Uh, I cannot imagine that she wanted. I mean, she was a fabulous diva, and I'm sure she loved the spotlight. But this is just disrespectful. This has got to be someone behind the scenes who's like over the top thinking like we have to honor – Uh, have to honor Aretha.
1: It's not about the clothes. It's about her voice. It's about the sound. It's not about, like, she was a fashion icon, uh, but, like...
0: I don't know. Was she a fashion icon? Well, just
1: with all her furs and, you know... Yeah, she
0: dropped the fur. I know. But, like, this is not what she should be remembered for. And in some ways, like, just have her in a fucking plain dress and play the music. And, like, we'll all have chills. Chills. And that's enough.
1: Evidence of God in that voice. So,
0: no, that is uh, nope to Aretha Franklin's funeral director, let us... Us honor her, her grace, her singing voice, her spirit, her civil rights passion, all of that. Yeah, no But the, no, give her a fucking better funeral.
1: No. No, this was this is a woman who invented the term <laughs> make it your own and like And the, the and the word respect. And the word she respect. She coined the word so respect. So show some respect and make the funeral
0: less Respectful. unique <laughs> okay no okay no no shut no shut it no. down shut it down, okay. shut it down.
1: so uh, the russian firearms manufacturer <laughs> kalashnikov is really innovating these days <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i wasn't aware that they were still like in the popular culture mix i thought they just made their guns and
1: well they're trying to lure millennials <laughs> so this week in <laughs> moscow they introduced a new concept car and a robot touting them as proof that Russia is capable of producing innovative goods for the global economy. Are they
0: self-driving? Are they autonomous driving cars? Um, Kalashnikov cars?
1: No. The, the car was designed to compete with Tesla. It's an electronic car. Uh. And the robot was created for like military tasks. <laughs> However...
0: Two great tastes that <laughs> taste great together. Yes, and so they
1: un- unveil these together. But the problem is that the robot, according to the New York Times, resembled a giant mechanical <laughs> (laughs) chicken and (laughs) was not capable of moving.
0: (laughs) Wait, so wait, I gotta get this visual. So there's a Kalashnikov car. Does it have guns on it? Like It's like Mad Max car? I haven't even gone to the car yet. This is the the, robot. it's being operated by a paralyzed chicken?
1: (laughs) It's a a robot. It's a 13-foot robot. It's sort of like brown. (laughs) <laughs> and it has claws and it looks like a chicken, but it was inoperable at the demo. Okay, and the car was modeled after a 1973 boxy Russian hatchback <laughs> called the Izh. Izh. <laughs> and they forgot the side mirrors. <laughs> All I will say is we must remember at a time like this that Russia is nothing. Their economy Russia is nothing.
0: They don't even have a big population. All they have is nuclear weapons they're, and like their yeah, bullies. Right.
1: Their economy is smaller than fucking, New York. Right.
0: So Elon Musk is fucking crazy, but Teslas are fucking awesome it's cars, right? It's a real right? business. It's a real business. It may not be like.
1: It's losing money, but it's <laughs> at least. It will eventually. Right. So what do
0: they hope? Are they hoping that this is like a capitalist proposition? Do they think that people are going to buy this car with the. Fucking (laughs) paralysed chicken robots well, the
1: car. we have to decouple the car and the chicken robot which are very interesting because if you look at the pictures we'll we'll link to it in the show yes. notes they don't look like they were manufactured by the same company the oh, aesthetic is so very It's like, a different. Mashup, it's a-
0: <laughs> like donut fries yes. like Dunkin' donut fries
1: yeah and they have nothing to do with each other one is for like a military application and the other one is for like oh, consumer I, see. I thought
0: the chicken was sitting in the like driver's seat or was no. somehow like operating the car
1: no there's there are two separate technologies <laughs> That
0: were, this makes no sense. Nothing makes
1: any sense anymore. This is nonsense. Dude, I
0: hope that they, like, dominate the economy of Russia and they go bust and fucking Russia just implodes in its own economy like the Soviet Union did.
1: Chicken robots for everyone.
0: Chicken robots for paralyzed... each according to their chicken <laughs> <it> robot needs... <laughs> wait to each according to his needs or each according to, <laughs> to his means or something or means. yeah sorry social hey. studies i don't remember exactly what that was no kalashnikov stop making cars stop making chicken robots
1: stop making rifles stop, stop anything
0: just, just fucking go in a cave and just, flood it
1: just go out of business okay? nope. no no
0: Okay, Rachel, what do you got?
1: All right, well, moving from Russia on to Hawaii. <laughs> of course. <they're laughs> right. Very we, close. we travel all around the world. Uh, there's been a big hurricane this yeah, it's week terrible. in
0: Hawaii. It, it it's, bore down on Hawaii,
1: it dumped 40 inches of rain on the big I island. I can't even
0: imagine what that would be like.
1: It's it really terrible, but. Um, our friends at Infowars had an interesting <laughs> theory about what caused this okay, hurricane. This is
0: the uh, right wing conspiracy site that uh, is run by Alex Jones. And it's been
1: banned by every social media outlet including, except for Twitter.
0: Including Pornhub. <laughs> including
1: Pornhub and. Pinterest so (laughs) so they they have some interesting theories so on the show called the war room the host who's not Alex Jones but another moron named Owen Schreier uh, posited that the hurricane had been split into by an energy beam that was shot from Antarctica by John <laughs> Kerry, the former Secretary of State. I have so
0: many questions. <laughs> yes. Okay, wait. Um, usually, when they promulgate a conspiracy theory, it's to some end. It's to prove some like far left conspiracy. What is the benefit of splitting a hurricane in two? <laughs> I is it like Benghazi? Is I, it like, well,
1: I think th- they don't believe in climate change, and they believe that the left is out to attack Donald Trump. So okay. this
0: creates so John a, Kerry personally. John Kerry, Antarctica, who's Antarctica,
1: emblematic of the left, is causing. Cl- John,
0: he's
1: <laughs> causing climate. He's causing the effects of climate change, so they could deny the science and blame it on John Kerry's laser beam. <laughs> He's like a laser cat, like beams <laughs> right, like shoot right. out of his eyes. But so, according to this idiot, uh, Carrie visited antarctica before the election okay, and that was sure. when the late but the lasers go pretty fast like i don't see why it would yeah. take two years <laughs> <not> like
0: thunder <laughs> takes like a minute to get to you like a laser fired from antarctica it would get never mind Hawaii. the curvature of the earth there's many things more if you wanted to split at hurricane and two which i don't even know what that means or why it would- Benefit anybody? No, and I. There's better ways than sending John Kerry on a mission to Antarctica to like initiate some sort of laser attack,
1: <laughs> a laser light <laughs> show. But I haven't like found. I, I know, and I haven't found any other evidence that the hurricane was split, other than this one article on InfoWars. You've been
0: investigating. I it? guess
1: I googled Hurricane <laughs> Split Hawaii, and there's nothing. There's just so, no
0: splitting of. No, no, but so... like Okay, this, so let's say the Alex Jones people, whoever they are, believe this. Right. What does it mean? Like, okay, so you split a hurricane. I don't know what that means. So, I I mean, <laughs> so they had this guy
1: on. I, I don't know if this it will answer your question, Brian, but it, it's... Nothing could nothing. possibly answer
0: my question. <laughs> but they had
1: this professor on the show, Professor Daryl Hamamoto, who much, must have a PhD in just idiocy from Trump (laughs) University he's like he says you know there might be a direct line that connects that facility down in Antarctica to the Calorama neighborhood of Washington D.C. where the Obama Foundation is housed in an 8,400 square foot home that I believe is in part subsidized by the U.S. taxpayer. Calorama ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) K-A-L-A-O-R-A-M-A
0: I lived in Calorama. (laughs) It is not spelled K-A-L-A. It is spelled K-L-O for one thing So right there, I question the credentials of this uh, professor (laughs) of Number one. Number two, there is a direct line between everywhere on Earth and everywhere else on Earth. I know. So like the fact that there is a direct line between Antarctica and Calorama (laughs) – it's not that surprising. Not. This is ridiculous. What's more
1: surprising is that a laser beam split a hurricane. <laughs>
0: okay. This is ridiculous. I'm shutting this it's down. It's salad. It's, it's like nonsense. We, we can't even, like, dignify this. Like, there's got to be a higher bar for us, like, taking on Alex Jones shit because this is just nonsense. Shut Shut it it down. down. No. No. (laughs) And speaking of abominations, I mean, this guy's kind of a grifter. We specialize in grifters here coffee grifters, Trump administration grifters. There's no end to the grifters. We're in the age of grifters. So I'm going to tell you about. Hollywood's most notorious grifter Mm -hmm. most recently. It is a con artist who has been impersonating powerful female entertainment executives because they don't have enough problems. As if they
1: haven't been through enough. (laughs) Yeah, They
0: need to be impersonated by (laughs) grifters. So these include Sony Pictures chair Amy Pascal, Star Wars producer Kathleen Kennedy, and Homeland director uh, Leslie Linda uh, Glatter. Um, so what happens is this grifter calls all the like working people of Hollywood, the stylists, the stuntmen, the photographers, and they say that they have an, a, an unrefusable offer for work, for highly paid work. And all they have to do to go is go to Indonesia for this <laughs> incredible project. <laughs>
1: No questions asked.
0: (laughs) So when they ask about like how are we gonna get to Indonesia, who's gonna pay for it, they say, Okay, you have to pay for it yourself. Makeup artist, struggling makeup artist, but don't worry, we'll reimburse you when you get there. Right. So of course they they go and they get there, and there's like no one even to meet them at the airport. <laughs> it's just like empty. It's a like a echo chamber. But then there's you're sunk.
1: Criss- you're you're jet lagged and you're sunk costs. And That's you, the worst yes. part
0: is the jet lag. You're <laughs> jet lagged for nothing. But
1: then like you're there already, and this woman keeps calling you. And right. In fact,
0: they're out hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're also claiming psychological an emotional toll, which I can completely understand. Now, this has not gone unnoticed. There is an investigation uh, reported in The Hollywood Reporter, and um, there's a few wrinkles in here. First of all, they've done sort of forensic voice analysis, and they've had a whole bevy of experts. It's a whole field of study. They've had an expert look at this, and they think that the woman who's impersonating these executives is actually a man. (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay (laughs) okay
0: but then they brought in someone else and they think again okay so there's conflicting opinions maybe it's a woman or maybe it's two different women so they called in the queen of all the forensic linguists carol chelsky and she is a delaware-based forensic linguist who is frequently called upon to testify on the stand about matters of linguistic and she concluded this is very (laughs) controversial that both of the voices are female "Quote," pointing to the relatively high pitch of the imposter's voice. Oh, you didn't need a fucking forensic v- v- <laughs> linguist to tell you that.
1: But didn't like? I also read that the the imposter was really good at impersonating, like Amy Pascal's, like sort of very know, unusual. But that, no, but then they also
0: looked at it and they said, okay, speech? they think it's an Asian woman, but a but a, or a man, but an older one. Because they have a trace of British accent and they think they were educated in Britain, but that the British accent has faded, but it's still there's still a essence, an ode accent somewhere in there.
1: This is like a failed actor who went to like the <laughs> Royal Academy of the Arts and is and they so good. Get a part
0: that they decided they would move to Indonesia and, and impersonate
1: a... executives.
0: Exactly. And they got they, they a whole cohort of like impersonating Asian women <laughs> and formerly British. Educated, it's a ring
1: it's a it's a it, gang it's a
0: grifter ring exactly it's like the cocaine nuns and the coffee and grifters the fire
1: festival and the
0: grifters have got to stop so no
1: no no con more.
0: queen or queens or men or whoever you are shut it down Please make artist, artists, stuntmen, just like earn your craft, earn your living. And if you get approached by someone to go to Indonesia on your own dime, just say,
1: just say, no, no. no. And Amy Pascal, after that Sony hack has been through so much. No, poor you, poor, poor you. Amy. Okay.
0: Okay. Rachel, what do you have next?
1: So, um, I don't know if you know this, but there are currently 32 Oreo flavors.
0: I didn't know that. I knew that they had diversified a little bit. They have a Halloween-themed and a few other-themed...
1: Yeah, it's like a typical gambit to generate excitement about a very old product. Like
0: Doritos and Cheetos. Swedish Fish But 32 seems like a lot. It's
1: like 31 too many, I think. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, but now there are two more.
0: Two new ones. Two new ones. And we did very early, like episode three, we did like gold-dusted Pringles, and they had like Thanksgiving dinner-flavored Pringles. Okay, this is in that league?
1: It's in that league. I mean, it's worse. So the new Oreo flavors are hot chicken wing (laughs) and wasabi. Wasabi, okay.
0: okay. No, no, no. Hot chicken wings are something like, you know, I love ranch dressing. I yeah. can see that for like a Lay's potato chip or a Dorito. Like, that's like a tangy little shot of but goodness. Wedged
1: in between two <laughs> chocolate like slabs? No. Are the cookies hot chicken wings? No, or they're the, chocolate. The chocolates? It's just the filling.
0: The filling is hot chicken wing flavor. Yes. Is it chicken or just like hot sauce flavored?
1: I, I think it's it says hot chicken Does wing. Does it
0: come with crudité? Does it come with carrots and celery?
1: Like Oreo. It should come with Oreo, ca- like miniature Oreo <laughs> like carrots.
0: So there's the Cracker Jacks and then the peanuts. They should put like little slivers of celery and carrot in there.
1: They should. They should. It would make it better. No,
0: people, please do not buy these. But I'll tell you, that's not the worst thing that's happening in the food what, what's world. What's happening? Here's another one. It goes with a lot of our themes. Um, Dunkin' Donuts is about to drop the word donuts from its name. What? And people are freaking out. Yeah,
1: I can understand why. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: So, um, they first experimented with this late last year in one store in Quincy, Massachusetts. It just. Duncan, And now there are 30 more Boston-area stores that are rolling out with this change, and there are 20 nationwide.
1: What did, like, sales boom? (laughs)
0: No, it's part of a major rebrand where they're going to start offering cold brew on tap and digital ordering kiosks, although I'm not entirely sure why why digital ordering kiosks are mutually exclusive with being – dunkin donuts
1: right why not
0: i have no idea this is
1: the problem yes retailers food purveyors are ashamed of who they are they need to stay in their lane
0: people 70 years they've been dunkin donuts because they have fucking donuts now look we're not snobs we acknowledge that dunkin donuts has very good coffee it's right like you think it's better than starbucks i think it's better than
1: than starbucks i yeah starbucks is too burnt they have
0: the little keurig things like donut Style blend it's fine. and so forth. It's very good, right? But they can't just stick to the donuts. So they're
1: ashamed of themselves. They're embarrassed <laughs> they like, of their core identity. Like donut it's...
0: dysmorphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, th- not even that, the donuts, they're perverting the donuts. They just launched donut fries, which they describe as delicious mashups of individual pieces of delicious buttery croissant style donut dough tossed in cinnamon sugar and served warm.
1: Wait, so that is very confusing. That involves a lot of different things. That is like a cronut... Crossed with a churro, <laughs> it is,
0: crossed and with it a French fries. <laughs> God, sounds delicious, but it's not a fucking donut. It's not right. It's and neither it, fish nor fowl. Like, be what your name. Don't make your name what you want to do. Just like do what your name says. It's like chop salad. Don't stop chopping. And they're never going to they're, stop. They're, the chopped itself is never good, but all the other chop places are stopping chopping. IHOP serve pancakes. International House of Pancakes. Don't be IHOP International House. No, of No, you're burgers. not a lifestyle it's, brand. are right, exactly. Like what are they, there's other lifestyle. brands. Brands that like want to.
1: Chipotle wants to be a lifestyle brand. No. Godiva
0: wants to sell beddingware, so you should like roll around in melted chocolate. That sounds no, horrible. No, I don't think so. No, I don't not. know. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> and no. this is part of a bigger problem with the donut world. Like, there's a bigger so, donut.
1: There's been other donut news like surfacing on social media. Yes. <laughs> and it's kind of like a blast from the past, but it also underscores the fact that our culinary habits have really improved over the last 40 years or so. i we oh, sure to... we're
0: living in a gourmet gourmand society. Everyone's a foodie.
1: Have people literally used to eat garbage. And I'm going to explain what... so I
0: remember this, we used to have like canned frozen this and that and like little like lamb chops we would eat were like a millimeter thick and oh, full of grizzle. It
1: was... It was de-
0: the 70s. We grew up in the 70s. It was like a, de- a little mini depression.
1: So there was like... There's this uh, Twitter handle that posts um, recipes from the 1970s. Like oh, yeah. literal recipes from like legit cookbooks from that era. Yeah, I've seen that. And there was this thing circulating called the donut prune salad oh. and it's one of these like scroll down disasters <laughs> where scroll like down. you start at the top and you think it can't get worse <laughs> and each line just it, i'm just gonna Mortifies read it yeah. go ahead and read it so here's a crisp fresh salad that will cause any quote meat and potatoes man to change his mind stew four prunes for each person Pit the prunes and stuff with cottage cheese.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, <stop. laughs> So we now have prunes stuffed with cottage cheese. Yes. Okay, prunes aren't that big. There's like a little like minuscule cottage cheese morsel in there? I guess so, Like yeah. a pimento and an olive? Yeah. Sounds delicious.
1: Okay. So you... You pit the prunes, stuff with cottage cheese. Place the two, place two donuts on a lettuce leaf. I guess that's the salad. The lettuce leaf, very healthy. And you fill the donut centers also with cottage cheese, and then top each donut with a stuffed prune. Oh! And then, <laughs> there's not enough prunes for this recipe. You place two whole pitted prunes beside the donuts. And like then a garnish. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like and then a- the last line is just <laughs> the worst. Serve with mayonnaise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not even ranch dressing, which I would have gobble up. Who who made this. Oh my god! Although, although, if Dunkin' Donuts is looking to divert, <laughs> sorry, Dunkin' is looking to diversify its donut they should menu. Put this on their menu. Is, millennials would love this because it's ironic, it's retro, it's everything they like. It's, it's artisanal. A, it's
1: artisanal. It's a throwback to another era. This is what there Dunkin' Donuts. Your times,
0: it was pre-Trump? This is like you know Richard Nixon times.
1: This is free consulting, <laughs> Dunkin' <laughs> to the food industry. Dunkin', right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even. Have have to call us, just listen to this advice. Put dunk donut prune salad on your electronic kiosk and watch the money roll in.
0: No. <laughs> no. No. Shut it down. Shut it down. Okay, but they're not the only big like conglomerate yeah, that's like turning chasing its back on millennials. Its... Yeah, you they're, know? everyone's chasing. What's so fucking great about millennials? Nothing. We're Gen Xers.
1: Yeah, we we're negative about everything.
0: <laughs> we're terrible. We're still <laughs> we're... like feeling the effects of the recession of nineteen ninety one.
1: So, Procter and Gamble, the world's largest consumer products company. Has applied to trademark millennial phrases like LOL, NBD, FML, and WTF, which it wants to use (laughs) in cleaning and air freshening products. To attract a younger generation of That's shoppers. So
0: questions. Well, first of all, like I don't know, I'm not an expert in like intellectual property law, but how can you copyright those? Are in the public domain? Everybody in the world says those you can't
1: copyright those things. And can't also, an
0: LOL. Fractor
1: and Gamble is like a very wholesome American company. Do they even know they, what they, FML uh, means? Right, like or it's like WTF? fuck My life. What the <laughs> fuck? My life. Febreze. Like for when life is and why are they really smelly. It to air fresheners yeah, or, or Swiffers. Like. <laughs> like Like NBD Swiffers? No, thank you. But the weirdest part about all this is that the decision is being driven by their new board member, Nelson Peltz, (laughs) 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 He, he faulted the company for not responding to rapidly changing consumer preferences and nelson tells
0: like 150 years old first a, of all yes
1: he's like an octogenarian billionaire activist investor <laughs> he looks like a nonagenarian he it's wouldn't like know Rams a millennial down, if right. one landed on his head like <laughs> so but deloitte did a survey of millennials i had to just do some research to find out like what do millennials really want and just talk to them. And one. I will say that 62% said that businesses nowadays have no objective other than making money, which is up from fifty percent last year. So I think this but that's rings actually true. true yeah.
0: Right? I mean there's some of them have a social conscience, but I wouldn't put like patenting LOL as like a social conscience issue. It's not like Bernie Sanders is gonna run for president. Like,
1: no, but it's it's just like it's a gross attempt to lure a new audience and it's like very transparent transparent.
0: and if the millennials value anything it's authenticity Authenticity. and i don't know like they, they did zero market research like they don't even have kids who are millennials they have kids who are like Baby boomers, <laughs> right? So they don't—they have no idea. They're, like, they're great grandchildren, and they're like—they don't even know how to ask them anything. So they have no idea what's going on. They think this is a good idea. And what are they going to do? Are they going to charge other people licensing fees if they say "lol"? Like if you type "lol" into a text message, which nobody even does anymore, you say "ha ha ha." Is Procter
1: and Gamble right, going to send you like, like a cease is, and desist right? <laughs> letter? Is there going to
0: be like a text message or a WhatsApp that's <laughs> like a legal letter, a scary lawyer letter
1: from them? I feel like we've already said it so many times on this podcast. We're fine we're going to be broke
0: all of our sponsors are going to leave <laughs> well
1: luckily we have some great legal
0: representation <laughs> so, okay no, no no procter and gamble we own the 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 public owns those letters, whatever they are. Yes. Okay, uh, final topic for me. uh, This is a very serious issue. We're in New York City. There's a lot of dog poop on the streets. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But, you know, it's not just in New York City. This weekend, I mentioned, I was in Annapolis, Maryland, the state capital of Maryland. It's a beautiful town, very small, little provincial, Uh but uh, it's beautiful state house. I was in the state house, but there is a big dog poop problem there yeah um and I didn't know about this when I was there I didn't notice it but uh, there's a news item about it so there's a Maryland condo uh the uh, head of the condo Gene Fisher who's the general manager of the residence at Park Place
1: Wait this was were you there and I when was you were in
0: for this story <laughs> okay. I, actually I had heard tell of the story and then I was in Annapolis and then I looked up the story and it was in Annapolis okay. and I was like this I must talk about this on the podcast <laughs> um so the dog poop was a situation was so dire that she spent $20,000 on doggy DNA kits.
1: Wait, who spent it?
0: Gene Fisher, the general oh, manager G- oh, of the restaurant. Okay. Place. Yeah, okay. yeah, whoever runs the fucking I was envisioning condo. a man. Right. No. So, uh yeah, she bought Doggy $20,000 of Doggy DNA kits, which I'm guessing in Annapolis is a lot of money.
1: That's a lot, so she just That's independently like the GDP of Annapolis. So she invested in these or did she levy an assessment I don't on the, know con- about the
0: <laughs> governance of the condo is. Like,
1: well, because I've often there was a guy who lived in my condo who like he was orange, like Donald Trump. Okay. And we called him Orange Man. Okay. And he had a little white dog and he would take him for a walk and let him poop in the street and then walk home. And I like shamed him one day. Yes. But for days, I was wondering, who, who is the person with the mystery dog poop? And I even thought about creating a DNA test and testing every dog in the building. To well, find out-
0: that's exactly what they did. Forward thinking Annapolis, the doggy <laughs> DNA kits. And she demanded. That the residents all submit Their dogs submit to DNA tests And thus far 20 of the resident dogs have submitted To doggy DNA tests And she is matching them against the poop To find out who the villains are
1: The only one There's going to be every dog except one (laughs) Is going to submit to the DNA test And the one that doesn't is going to be by
0: inference They'll be like CSI Annapolis (laughs) And it'll have one episode And it will be about dog shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, this is terrible this is the beauty of small town like i mean i guess in new york we might do this but uh no we wouldn't care i, enough. I thought We're about just... it honestly oh really yeah really well enough about dog poop this is the part of the podcast that everybody waits for they, this is the, the only reason part. they listen all the way through to the end this is the yups these are the little things that bring us little Beacons Things of that light keep
1: us going. A little
0: delight. Yes. I hope they get to the go into Rachel. What's your yup this week?
1: My yup this week, and I, I realize I'm late to the party on this one, but I started watching Succession oh, on no, HBO, and I, I binged just started it. Watching it too, it's amazing. Isn't it so good that you binge the whole thing? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, like I mean, nights. so good. I mean, it's obviously about. Rupert Murdoch, yes. the showrunner Jesse Armstrong wrote a script called Murdoch several years ago and it went nowhere in Hollywood, <laughs> shockingly. So he sort of like anonymized the characters and changed it around. But it's it's really fascinating. And it's, it's a like look- family
0: drama. And everyone's despicable. And there's nothing better than a, a whatever, a miniseries where everyone is everyone's a Everyone's horrible.
1: horrible. Right. Except for Kendall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on we're, Team we're, we're on Team Kendall. Okay, so okay. watch it. That's on HBO if you don't get Get HBO like get it just for this and then cancel it or whatever. My up for the week is uh, I'm gonna go back to Aretha Franklin because uh, I have an interesting take on this. Everyone says that Aretha, you know, they know her for the 60s and 70s, respect and natural woman. I'm going to posit that her best work came in the 80s. It
1: was so good in it the 80s. It was so good. And maybe because we
0: grew up in that era. But I think that her finest work is her duet with George Michael. I knew you were waiting for me. the
1: greatest duet of our time. It made me the
0: finest musical work of our <laughs> time.
1: <laughs> it's so good <laughs> with so that so that in preparation
0: for this, because we do so much research, Rachel and I watched the video, which is a very 80s video, and we noticed something about about
1: it. Yes, we noticed that. Well, the video it makes we'll no sense. So we'll link to it. to it. your own judge. It's very 80s, nonsensical. Lots of like visual cues that don't relate to each other. But so you've got Aretha Franklin standing in front of a screen with George Michael on it, and then you have George Michael standing in front of a screen with Aretha Franklin on it. And
0: for the first like two thirds of the video, you're like, they're never in the same place. Like, did right. they not coordinate their schedules? Like, it's like uh, they're
1: being held hostage <laughs> in two separate rooms. Separate ice in, in like a basement in Queens with like a large TV. But then they come together. And
0: new you were waiting. And then they come together and they're dancing with each other. And the chemistry is undeniable.
1: They should have kept them together the whole <laughs> video. I mean, if they had them. for That would have
0: been too controversial. Yeah. You can't have two such powers. It would like have... the, there would be like a red dwarf or it a black have... hole. The universe would have imploded. It would
1: have sent a laser beam to, <laughs> to Antarctica. know
0: <Antarctica. laughs> why It would have split a hurricane. (laughs) But anyway, please go back and watch that video. You may even hear a little bit of it at the end of this podcast. Speaking of this podcast, it's been a terrible week, but it's been an amazing podcast. We've had so So much much fun. So much fun. What can you do to help us out? People come up to me, they're like... Your podcast is awful And yet strangely I still want to help you
1: I'm still drawn to it You know <laughs> I'm like moth to the flame I think the best thing to do Is to give us a rating On iTunes or whatever Yeah
0: we're back up to five stars yes. We were at 4.5 And now we're back because at five
1: Because some asshole Gave us like a One star rating <laughs> I said
0: that we swear too much And we're not using our Allegedly expensive educations
1: Yes Thank you dad <laughs> 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 But um, We've overcome that And we Just as we've overcome Many obstacles in our lives But
0: more importantly just tell a human just being. tell a friend. Tell someone else.
1: Turn to your left. Turn to your right.
0: If you do that, we'll have three times as many listeners. Yeah, tell as a we, friend. As we say frequently. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, we've had a great guest last week, Walt Mossberg. We're going to be uh, just the two of us for a few weeks. And then we have more guests coming in the uh, new fall season. But until then, this is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. <laughs>